Gabby, welcome to the Happier Life Project, brought to you by mental health and wellness app, My Possible Self, in partnership with the Priory Healthcare. Today, we are looking at our financial health and well-being, because when it comes to money and mental health, this is an area that we might not immediately join the dots on, but it's an important aspect of our wellness. Financial health is something you may not need a doctor for, but it affects your everyday life and future in all sorts of ways. So firstly, let's define the term financial health. According to the world's largest data analysis company, Experian, financial health is the current state of your monetary situation, such as your credit, debt, savings, investments and income. And while this concept focuses on the state of your finances, its implications are all-encompassing and the stress of poor financial health can wind up affecting your physical, emotional and mental health. Today's guest, Laura Turner, helps people to feel financially confident, change their money mindset and create new money habits. Laura is the founder of Thrifty Londoner, a personal finance website where she uses her extensive knowledge to provide ideas and techniques on how to manage your money. Laura is all about money positivity, very passionate about finance and believes that anyone can get to a point of financial well-being. And what's great about Laura is she helps to simplify aspects of finance and the sometimes complicated jargon so that you can help to heal your relationship with money. So without further ado, let's meet her. Ready to find a healthier, happier you? Let's get started. Laura Turner, aka Thrifty Londoner, welcome to the Happier Life Project. When it comes to living a happier life, most people would say my life would be a lot happier if I had more money. Would you agree with them? I absolutely would, yeah. I think Mm -hmm. money can buy you security, choices, freedom. I think, you know, the phrase money can't buy you happiness is kind of often bandied about and it's mm-hmm. I personally I think it's more in relation to things like connections with other people relationships contentment mm-hmm. that kind of thing money can't buy you that but it can buy you a whole lot of other really important stuff yeah so it really sucks when we don't have enough of it exactly yeah yeah I think for most people they would feel that they would be much happier with a bit of extra money, that's for sure. So this is kind of where you come in a little bit then, because Thrifty Londoner is a personal finance website for millennials and young people. You're also building up quite the social media presence as well. So this is people that are wanting to receive pointers on how to manage and maximise their money. So if you wouldn't mind like explaining a bit more about what you do, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it all sort of started um, when when I moved to London. Um, I was 
24, I think. And I was moving to London on quite a low salary. And I just realized like I, I needed to get a handle on things or else I was just going to end up in a lot of debt um, as a result of living in London, you know, wanting to make the most of the city and everything else. Um, mm. And then, yeah, I just started researching into budgeting, all kinds of other money management techniques. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of started to share that with friends. Um, and I, I think personal finance is one of those things where <clears throat> the more you look into it, the more you unravel. There's so many different topics. At 24, there's not many people that think, uh-oh, I'm getting myself in debt. I'm going to start diving into the, <laughs> the world of personal finance to see what I can do about it. So were you always interested in money? Yeah, I think so. Um, I remember always kind of like hustling, even as a child, you know, I'd be asking my mum if I could clean her car for like the second time that week or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then as a student as well, I, I had multiple jobs during the school holidays and things like that. And really, I think I just saw money as a tool to living my life in a way that I wanted to. So, you know, as a student, that was things like taking trips, with my friends and going on holidays and things like that and being able to enjoy myself at uni without having to worry about getting into more debt mm. um so yeah I think it's it's always been something that's been on my mind I really found a gap for someone who was talking about money and big topics like pensions and investing and things like that in a way that I could relate to and a way that I actually understood because I think if you're like me and you don't have any family friends um or anyone like that who works in finance the jargon is just really overwhelming and so yeah, yeah that is my aim is to to kind of um make money more understandable um mm -hmm. and you know give people the tools that they need to manage their money most appropriately so at 24 when you came because you used to live in Guernsey right so very different yeah. lifestyle coming to to London and then what changes did you make and sort of did you see that you could apply that you were like wow this makes a significant difference I think for me the most important thing especially when I was on such a low income to start with was making extra money and I still believe that to this day that you know, there's only so much you can save from your wage. There's only, you know, so much you can do to cut back. And mm. in the end, it gets to a point where you need to make some more money. Um, and so whether that's through asking for a pay rise from your employer, I think that's like one of the best ways if, if you're in a position where you can do that. Um, yeah. You know, getting more money for the work that you already do, it's great. Um, so I'm always a big advocate for that. That's scary also, to do for, for many, isn't it? To it ask. is. Mm. It is. And honestly, the fear beforehand, I've totally been there. Um, you know, you feel, for me especially, I, I was always kind of told, you know, don't, don't negotiate your pay. Don't ask for more money. Like they might rescind the job offer or they might think you're yeah. ungrateful or yeah. whatever else might have been told to you. And, and that's something that, I've had to battle with as well because there is still a sense of stigma around talking about money and you know negotiating and things like that um but I have to say that in the experiences that I've had um as an employee and both as a manager as well um that I think those conversations have always been welcomed and well received and um certainly when I've been on the other side as well um I think 
it's a strong thing to do you know especially when it, it doesn't come naturally and feels uncomfortable um and at the end of the day the worst they can say is no and if they do say no you can say can we review in six months you know there's there's always mm. a way to kind of move the conversation forward without anyone getting offended or anything like that yeah and I suppose you've planted that seed so at least the employer's aware that you have requested more money and therefore you know if you're a good employee then potentially your eyes might be looking around for something else that does pay more yeah. so maybe even if it's an initial no it like you said in six months it might be a different or before you might be pleasantly surprised I guess yeah absolutely yeah, I mean, again, going back to being at 24 before we kind of move on and then in able to, to get your finances more um, healthy, should we say, the side hustle. I mean, you've been called on, I've seen on other like sites, the side hustle queen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's, that's, would you say that was the sort of biggest thing that you did during yes. that time to improve your yeah. financial situation? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, as well as kind of negotiating your salary, I do think side hustles are a brilliant way to increase your income. Um, and of course, you know, you can have smaller scale ones, things like maybe not even a side hustle, but things that anyone can do, which is selling unwanted possessions, for example. I'm doing that a lot at the moment, just to declutter. Um, and I found even a pair of glasses which had my old prescription in. You can sell those on eBay. Like there's the opportunities are endless, really. Um, and that can be a great starting point. And you know, you can build on those sorts of things and use your skills really to to find a side hustle that might be complementary. So you can freelance so many different skills. So, mm -hmm. you know, we often hear about things like writing or editing, and those do require um a certain skill set, but there's also things like data entry um so really anyone can get involved with that kind of thing um and there are websites like fiverr and upwork where you can create a profile and start marketing your skills and that's something that you can do from the comfort of your own home um after work before work you know you can fit it around your job and your family as well so um yeah i would definitely recommend checking those out yeah, I suppose that was one thing that came out of the pandemic that was on the positive was that there was more opportunity to work from home um, because people yeah. had to adapt. So financial difficulties, they're a huge like cause of stress and anxiety. And as you know, the Happier Life Project is part of My Possible Self, which is a mental health and, and wellness app. With the cost of living going up and wages not reflecting this increase, a lot of people are struggling to keep their head above water. It's really, really difficult to go up against these like giant companies because they are quite intimidating, aren't they? And I think they sometimes do this on purpose. My mother got really stressed out for being on hold for an hour and a half yesterday trying to sort out a, an incorrect gas bill. So you're kind of in that state of like stress and anxiety and then you like I said you're going up against these kind of big corporations trying to get through to somebody are there things that we can do to make this less intimidating yeah I, I agree it's very intimidating it can be really frustrating as well when you can't get the results that you want um, I've certainly had an experience before with an airline over the pandemic and honestly, I still haven't been able to recoup that money. We have tried and tried, but 
haven't got anywhere. Um, and sometimes, as dismal as it sounds, you, you might not get your money back. But there are things that we can do to kind of maximize your chances. And especially, like you're saying, it, aggressive letters and things like that. You know, if you are late paying a bill, sometimes you get something through the post, big block red letters. Yeah, It almost feels like something out of I don't know, like Harry Potter or something like that, because it's just so yeah. in your face, so jarring. Yeah, and threatening to come and take all your possessions. And it might genuinely yeah. be the fact that you are on a low income and you are doing your best. Exactly. And and I do think that the best thing that you can do is um, to call these companies. I know that sometimes you can be on hold for a long time, um, but often it is a case of persevering and trying and hoping that next time you might speak to someone who is a bit more sensitive or a bit a bit more understanding it's a real slog it really is mm. um mm. but i think it is important to push through um, and there are other charities as well like citizens advice and mm -hmm. i think that can be a really great resource especially if you know, you're at your wit's end and you want someone who is a bit more approachable to speak to, they might have some ideas about the specific situation that you find yourself in. There's also, well, there's so many charities actually that, that can help you with your money. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes the stress and the worry gets way too much. And, you know, you, you can find yourself feeling like there's nowhere to turn. I think someone like the Samaritans can be good um, in that situation if you just need someone to talk to. But yeah, I would say citizens advice is, mm -hmm. is a great first port of call. I'm wondering as well, like, let's take council tax, for example, like say you have maybe been made redundant or maybe your hours have been cut that happens as well a financial something might have changed in terms of what income you've got and maybe you are trying to look for another hustle a side hustle or a new job or whatever but in the meantime you're kind of living paycheck to paycheck and then something like say your council tax can you negotiate with these people and say this is what I earn this is what I can offer you know take it all <laughs> leave it kind of thing yeah. are you going to end up in court like if you don't pay it does it depends on um who it is which company it is what kind of debt it is because often you can phone up and try and negotiate something and it might just be for a couple of months or something like that you know i think it's important to remember that one missed payment or a couple of missed payments isn't going to land you in prison or something like that like and mm -hmm. that is the kind of mentality that we can have we can jump to these yeah. big conclusions when we're already pushed to our limit with the stress of of our money worries so it is important to to see it what they can offer you mm -hmm. and often you might be surprised it's the same with credit cards as well they can perhaps lower the interest on your um, debt for a number of months or, you know, there's there's some things that they might be able to negotiate with you. Um, so it's definitely worth phoning them to see if that can be revised as well. Yeah, it's a bit of a look of the draw as well, whether you get somebody who's sym sympathetic yeah, to your circumstance really or is. not. Yeah, but it citizens' is. advice is a good one because I'd imagine they could at least signpost you to even different organizations and charities that might be able to help depending on on where you're struggling yeah. 
On the flip side, then you've got the overspenders who consciously spend a book. I'm thinking of the book that became a movie, Confessions of a Shopaholic, where, (laughs) where there's just that need to consume and it's like a quick fix and it's like bye, bye, bye. And then we've got all the temptations of January sales and Black Friday discounts. So then on the the flip side of that, I'm spending more than I have got coming in, but I'm I'm doing it. It's not it's not for things that are like paying the council tax, it's for things that I want. Any tips there on how we can sort of rewire our brain because I think it yeah. is about the programming, isn't it? It is. And you know, being a shopaholic um is <laughs> you know something that is emotional as well um, because mm. you are looking for that quick fix. You're looking for that little rush of dopamine um, that you get when when you purchase something. And it's the same if you purchase something that's maybe a bit of a bargain. You feel a buzz that you've like saved some money. So that kind of all feeds into this emotional thing, which is almost like a comfort. So you know, like people might comfort eat for example mm-hmm. you might comfort spend um to kind of make yourself feel better if you're if you're feeling lonely or you're feeling a bit low or mm-hmm. you've had a bad day there might be a reason that you're seeking out that little buzz from going shopping and it is a cycle that's difficult to, to break and it is something that has been trivialized as well like you say about this film Confessions yeah. of a shopaholic um you know it, it's something that's especially when the kind of women have been portrayed as shopaholics it's seen as being frivolous and just a yeah. bit silly um when actually it's something more serious exactly yeah I watched the film first and then a relative gave me the book and said oh I really enjoyed it read it and I w- I actually just didn't enjoy reading it because I felt quite icky at the character. I was just like, because mm. it was so, she was so frivolous and it was, and I knew the intent was to make it humorous. So there was like, you know, one-liners after every purchase or whatever, but it did trivialize something, which is like, for a lot of people, it is, like you said, it's emotional, it's to feel better. And I'm guilty for, I mean, Amazon is the best thing and the worst thing, because if <laughs> I if I have a thought about something I want, I can just look on Amazon and see if they've got it. And, you know, 99.9 times out of 10, they do. And yeah. one click and it's like click to buy and it's sort of done. And then... Yeah, before you know it, after the week has gone by, you're like, how many things are coming from Amazon this week? <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's, it's the kind of almost instant gratification as well. You, you can have it sometimes the same day delivered to your door, the next mm, day, mm. etc. And it all and adds up. Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, you, Amazon even tells you, you know, Prime has delivered this many parcels to you (laughs) or whatever it is and it can it it can very quickly add up for sure I think especially you know the festive season there is more temptation if you like than ever Hmm. sales promotions etc a buy now pay later scheme which is super Dangerous messaging, if you ask me, because, you know, that's their line of advertising. That's, <laughs> that's of, like sneaky messaging. Yeah, because it's like, we'll help mm. you out, but it's because we want you to, we want your money, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get over these emotional spending patterns. And 
one thing that I found really um, beneficial to me anyway is to have kind of a little pot of money set aside which I call kind of like adult pocket money if you like um, and so however much a month you just have 50 pounds 20 pounds whatever the amount is and that is your amount to be like oh I fancy this and or I fancy this for these kind of impulse purchases which is set to a certain amount each month and mm. you know it brings you that little hit of joy but you know that once that pot is gone that's it for the month so it's a kind of like a psychological trick to kind of help you you know actually think about your purchases even when they are these mm. more frivolous ones mm. I'm reading a book at the moment called The Untethered Soul and it's about distancing yourself from the thoughts in your mind as well in fact in one chapter they say that like the voice is like your roommate that never stops talking so what they're trying <laughs> to do is like I'm bringing this to to spending and those urges of like well if you if you buy that cream you're going to look like <laughs> Blake Lively or whoever your hero is you know like maybe it's taking a step back and being like right okay am I really going to look like her do I really need this have I still got cream left? But it's really, really hard to do when they're like, buy now and you get 40% off. <laughs> it is really hard. It's And we all have to remember that marketing and advertising is created um, in such a way that there's hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours, thousands of hours of research behind it into what makes us buy something. Mm. And it's geared to make us buy it. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's appealing to our insecurities. It's using techniques to make us think that something's a limited time offer only. Um, and like you're saying about the distancing from your thoughts, I think often we have to think, why do I want to spend money? And if it's something like, you know, you're going home on a Friday night, you open Instagram, loads of people are having fun and you're, you're home alone, you might be like, oh. And what's yeah. making you want that hit is because you're feeling lonely and mm. so a, a better option might be to phone one of your friends or phone a family member or something like that um or you know do something that kind of actually addresses that rather than you know just seeking that comfort from something else yeah yeah so maybe go do a, a workout class rather than phone for a uber eats or <laughs> yeah whichever, exactly you know. like anything that kind of fulfills you know the emotion that is is making you feel not so great really mm. so yeah maybe seeking connection with others mm. while we're on the sort of thread of emotional health if you will i'd been on martin lewis's it's not his website but he's sort of founded the money and mental health policy institute and they'd done some research which it was quite harrowing to read over 1.5 million adults in england have both financial difficulties and mental health problems nearly half 46 percent of people in problem debt also have a mental health problem 86% of respondents to money and mental health survey of nearly 5,500 people with experience of mental health problems said that their financial situation had made their mental health problems worse. It's not really surprising, unfortunately, because we all know it's such a big stressor. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to know if you've got anything to add there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you say, it's it's absolutely no surprise um, because I think historically money and debt has been associated with shame. Um, it's kind of, there's a stigma attached to it. And mm. there's also a stigma attached to talking about money as well. So not only might you be feeling ashamed about your situation, but you might not feel able to reach out to people and actually talk about your situation as well there's mm. there's so many factors that go into it and so I I do find that not surprising at all um especially mm. you know when you're confronted like we said earlier with different letters from whoever your electricity company council tax your credit card your bank which all kind of is very confronting and mm. can lead to a lot of anxiety and sleepless nights and mm. Yeah, I just think all of that balled up into one melting pot, just it's no surprise to me. Yeah. Do you think as well that we need to be more content with what we do have? Because I think there's, and especially because you are working with like Gen Zs and, and young people, like um, back in the old days, people wanted to be a policeman or a teacher and they were, they are still very no or nurse, very noble professions. But now it's like we want to be an influencer on Instagram so we can get all this free stuff and get loads of money for I'm not and I'm not saying that Instagrammers or whatever don't work hard. However, it's it's very different to doing a 12 hour shift in a hospital. But then say we do have a, a job that we love, but it might not be paid the best. Is it kind of giving ourselves a little reminder that actually we've got a roof over our head, we've got good food in our belly, like do we really need the flashy car? Do we really need the designer handbag? And just, it, we're in a world now where we're just constantly, as we've discussed, bombarded with messages. You need this, you need this, you need this. Actually, do we need it? Yeah, it's a very complex conversation really because mm -hmm. when you you know you're saying about things like um, a nurse's salary and a teacher's salary we're living in a time where you know if you have um a couple and one's one's a nurse one's a teacher they could seriously be struggling um to pay their rent they probably won't be able to afford to buy a house um yeah. without some assistance and we i think it, you have to address the fact that there desperately needs to be change um, for these kinds of professions because they're doing such important work for yeah. our country. Um, mm. And, you know, we they're, they're no doubt struggling to get by without, you know, any assistance from family members, etc. Like, it, it's mm. crazy, really, when you think about it. There's that on, on one side of things. But I think, yes, for people who are perhaps... Um, earning a higher salary and still can't get to those goals that they want to achieve, then they might need to look back, look at cutting back, sorry, um, on their expenditure um, and I think reflecting on what's really important to you as well. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we could say a nice car, one holiday a year, a big house and a nice wardrobe are like top priorities but you know there's there's always things which are your real number one priorities and so I think it's important to focus on those and perhaps let other things slide a little bit more um 
mm-hmm. because yeah I, I think as well going back to the influencer conversation influencers can make you feel like you need to have it all and mm-hmm. it's it's almost keeping up with the Joneses but like times a hundred yeah. um and and so you know I think in that case and and as well I I find myself getting into the trap of seeing people with their perfect homes and you know doing like a huge renovation and having like every room must be immaculate and yeah you know beautiful furniture and all this kind of thing and you get trapped into thinking oh like my house doesn't look like that you kind of start pining after that kind of yeah living situation but we don't we don't all need that and so mm-hmm. I think it's um important that if you do find yourself falling into these kinds of comparison traps to maybe mute or unfollow people who make mm-hmm. you feel less than or you know make you start comparing your own life to someone else's we've got to always remember it's it's highlights as well people aren't showing yeah. you like the downsides either um yeah. so yeah I do I do think it, it's important to, to distance yourself from that kind of content um and to really think about what you want mm-hmm. like it's it's so easy to get pulled in by other ideas or what other people are doing but I think if you can take that a step back and think about what you really want from your life that can be a really important place to start and helps you set some goals and gives you a purpose to why you might be side hustling or trying Mm -hmm. to earn extra money or budgeting etc they say comparison is the thief of joy (laughs) exactly and And it couldn't be more true (laughs) yeah and um from like influencers to influencing do you think that our, as kids, our sort of caretakers are a little bit responsible for our attitude towards our finances as well? Like I think about how I was raised, then there was certain members of the family which overspent, let's say, and ignored bills. And I wonder if I've picked up some kind of bad habits along the way, even in terms of like how I see my financial circumstances like burying my head in the sand honestly it's like I'd rather not deal what do you yeah, think absolutely so um there's some research to suggest that our financial outlook if you like some financial ha- habits are developed by the time we're seven years old oh, which wow. is crazy um and so there's no doubt that that all comes from um what we observe our caregivers doing um day to day you know at seven we don't really have well, we don't have an income of our own. We might get a bit of pocket money here and there. Um, yeah. So it's it's all developed from what we've observed. And so that can be really fascinating. And it's very easy to just not question that, especially if you're not speaking to mm-hmm. maybe your friends about how they're managing money. We don't always get a huge insight into other people's wallets, if you like, and their mm-hmm. spending habits. And so our parents or our, or our caregivers are the people that we gain the most insight on really um, in terms of how to spend and manage your money. And so it's hard to also break out of them as well. Um, And so I think it's important to really think about the beliefs that you hold about money and see Mm. whether that is... Is your own. Yeah. Yeah. is, Is that what you actually think or is it just something that you've learned over time and that could be really hard to actually 
extrapolate from one another because they're so intertwined. That's really interesting. Um, financial health and well-being. I'd not looked at it this way before, but I'd love you to again elaborate on on what that means exactly. Yeah, so I think it's a relatively new concept um, to be financially healthy or to be financially well. Um, Does that mean rich? <laughs> I personally, I don't think so. I think working on your financial well-being is a never-ending journey mm-hmm. um it, it you don't suddenly reach a point where you're like oh that's it i'm i'm financially well it's human nature there's always something we might want to change you know we might be getting back to the example of a new house new car holiday there's all these things but there's also things like retirement and wanting mm-hmm. to give things to your children and your grandchildren and building some sort of legacy. So there's there's always things, there's always uh, going to be things in your head that you're working towards. It's more about our attitude then. So it's like you said, yes. it's the future, it's building that nest egg, but then also maybe not depriving ourselves too much as well, not being so frightened to phone these big bill companies. Yeah, and it, it I think... It's like treating your finances as you would exercise, for example. So it's it's things mm-hmm. like really checking in with yourself regularly and kind of getting your own visibility of your situation. Um, so, you know, going through... I've been so guilty of this, of thinking, oh, I spend, let's say, about £60 a month on takeaways, for example. And actually, the figure can be so different to what we what we think it is, whether it's mm. more, whether it's less. Um, and so it's really important to actually know the numbers, know exactly what your income is, exactly um, what your bills are, and exactly what you're spending month to month, because otherwise we can wildly underestimate or overestimate this. Yeah, those sneaky subscriptions, like even today I was like $8.99 from Audible and I was like, I've done it again. Why do I keep forgetting to count? <laughs> you know, I don't use it enough. But then And then you look and I'm like, well, I've got all these credits now. So I've paused it, but I'm sure in 90 yeah. days it'll start to take money off me again. But you have to it, be careful so with those things. Done. Yeah, Yeah, it's so easily done. And so I think... Yeah, checking in with that, it gives you a great starting point. And then financial well-being, I kind of think of it as a source of um, feeling better about your money, feeling good about your situation, because Mm -hmm. there's Mm. many people who just feel pretty rubbish when they think about money. It's something they want to avoid thinking about, looking at, and especially now in the current climate. Um, But if we can actually get some clarity on our own situation I think that's the best starting point and maybe as well it's like most things that once you actually address it then it's not like this thing glooming over your head yes <laughs> it's like dark exactly. cloud you know exactly it it's like that one thing on your to-do list which you've been putting off for weeks and weeks and weeks and yeah. then it takes you 10 minutes and you're like oh <laughs> yeah it's yeah. exactly that yeah yeah um so the kind of the main things of what you do you help people who want to manage their money better they want to learn how to budget and they want to earn extra money so where's a good place to start I think I know what you're gonna I, say but go ahead yeah <laughs> let's see if I'm right um, so 
the absolute starting point would be those looking back over the last three months of bank statements mm. and saying about subscriptions, getting rid of anything that you're not using, just doing kind of like a, a reset if you if you like. Um, and saying about Audible, for example, I've been in a situation before where I paid for that for or Prime or something like that for three yeah. months without realizing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if you haven't used it, you can actually contact Amazon and say, look, I've accidentally subscribed to this for longer than I wanted to. I haven't used it in this time. Please, can you refund me? And sometimes they do. They did refund me on that occasion. Oh, so really? that's just the tip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's if you haven't used the service, sometimes they will. Yeah. See, I just used up my credits. <laughs> so I was like, well, I might as well get these books. I've had four credits. So I had like four books I could get. Um, but I did see that even when you cancel, the books are yours. So even if you stop paying, mm. you can you can enjoy them. But I didn't know. See, that's a good tip there. But Amazon are quite reasonable. I have to like give them credit. You know, yeah. like if something doesn't arrive or it's damaged or whatever, they are quick to refund you. In my experience, mm. anyway. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I I agree. And I I think once you've done that reset of your incomings and outgoings, you can kind of build little habits into your routine. So perhaps once a week or once a month, you might just set a reminder in your calendar to you know, either review the previous month, review the previous week, um, and just kind of make a habit of checking in with yourself. Even It can literally be for a couple of minutes um, mm. and just see where you're at and see how you're feeling about your money because we can so easily just go for months without really looking at things especially yeah. if you know you've got paperless bank statements it just is in and out if you don't look at it and the months roll by um yeah. and so I think having that dedicated check-in diarized in your calendar is is a great thing to do to kind of improve the way that you might be managing your money mm. um and then to talk about budgeting you can use budgeting apps which make things super easy um, and sometimes banks even have them integrated into the banking app and with those you can set a budget you can get it to automatically categorize what you're spending on and so that can give you a really good picture as well and it can help you stay on track with savings and things like that so I, I do think those tools are really useful I, I personally think it's easier to stick app a budget and um, when it's in an app rather than writing it on paper or yeah an excel spreadsheet can be really good um but if you're just getting started sometimes that kind of just introduces you know some sort of um <laughs> more stress categorization <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see i was i thought you were gonna say get a side hustle <laughs> yeah no side hustles are great but i i think you need to know where you're at honestly, first. Honestly, getting that clarity is, yeah, that is number one priority for me. Um, mm. And that is usually what I recommend. Mm. Um, and I would say even before you start a side hustle, it's really important to know what your goals are. So if you're paying off debt, how much debt do you have to pay off? What's like the total debt? And what's your plan for paying all of those off? You know, sometimes we have higher interest rates on one kind of debt than another and so you know it's yeah. making a plan for that and then in terms of savings goals you know you might be saving for your first home 
a child, maternity leave, like mm-hmm. there's so many different things you might be saving for, but there also might be the smaller kind of costs like Christmas. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's important to really know exactly, mm. you know, what is driving your decisions. What's the reason why you're doing all of this? Because that makes it much easier to stay on track as well if, if you can see an end point. And I think with debt especially, like if you can say, okay, if I pay this much, off each month or if I make this much extra a month from a side hustle I can get out of debt by this date and if I make more money I can get out of date by this date you know and kind of giving yourself those yourself those incentives can be really helpful mm. and I really appreciated you said as well about giving yourself a break healing your relationship with money I just thought yeah I wouldn't have even thought about that but I think if you are putting those steps in place, which you've just advised, that also maybe it's not beating yourself up. And like also, you know, yeah. don't don't work yourself around the clock. If you want an extra couple of hundred quid a month, who doesn't, right? Then find your ways, yeah. But you've got to have the work-life balance as well. Maybe it's about enjoying Absolutely. things that don't cost an arm and a leg to do, which again, yeah. there's ideas on your website, especially London is kind of the, the sort of focus, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially if you have a family, there's so much expense, but there's also lots of free things to do as well. Your local library is a good place to start. They often have notice boards with free events or low cost events of things to do, both for individuals and for families as well with kids. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I would say that is a good place to find out about things in your local community, especially. As we're starting to like wrap up the conversation, I've got to ask this. You recently got married, so did you do it thriftily? (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, we actually didn't. Ah! Yeah, no, we didn't. And I know that may come as a surprise. There were certain elements of it. So my wedding dress was secondhand. I got that from eBay. I think knew it was like over £2,000 and I got it for... 250 pounds and then wow. paper alterations on top but that was a really great money saver but I think for my husband and I we we got engaged during the pandemic and like we said I'm from Guernsey he's from Liverpool and so no matter what our families were gonna have to travel either to the UK or to Guernsey um and we both have huge families as well mm-hmm. so we kind of thought yeah we kind of want to go not all out but you know we we do want to save up and and have kind of quite a big wedding really yeah, so that dream is what day. we did oh, awesome. yeah and yeah then, and I think I think um it's it is important to say like when something is important to you like don't shy away from spending that money if you want to because that you know money is as is there to be spent as well um mm-hmm. because I think often we can get you know into this frugality mindset of we must save money on everything but there are things where if if it's if it's something that you really value it's fine to spend that money um and Mm. yeah that's that's what I did (laughs) yeah did you find did you feel the pinch like saving up for the big day or was it easy to you because it's kind of what you do right yeah we certainly had this this specific venue in our head for a long time so we knew what that cost even before we got engaged Mm. um and because it was soon after the pandemic you know 
we were in the fortunate position that neither of us lost our jobs um, and we were going out a lot less. We weren't going on holidays. Um, I don't think we went on holidays for about three years. So it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of was, was easier to save. And typically holidays was, was our big thing. Like, you know, our, and travel was hugely important to us and something that we would spend quite a, a bit of money on um mm-hmm. and so we didn't have that for those two and a half or three years um right. we ordinarily would have been traveling quite a bit yeah oh well I'm glad you had the day that you wanted I mean that's really cool yeah you only, you only do it once right exactly <laughs> yeah and and we we certainly made savings in certain areas but there was things like the venue like I said and a photographer mm-hmm. um and those were the things that we were really set on and yeah cost the most money um, yeah, but everything yeah. else we could kind of work out a little bit more yeah good for you I mean it all goes back to that sort of financial wellness and being healthy with your money as well right not being too much yeah. of, a, of a scrooge <laughs> yeah exactly and and it is it's important to enjoy your money as well you know that that ties into the financial well-being you know once, once you're kind of out of the trenches, if you like, you know, if, if you are in that moment where you are in a lot of debt or it's things feel like a real struggle, um, once you kind of get out of that, you know, you can feel like you have that flexibility and freedom to mm. to choose how to spend your money. Because, you know, when, when you're in a difficult financial situation, your main choice is that money has to go on bills and yeah. or, or has to go on debt. And I say choice, but it isn't a choice. That's yeah. just how it has to be um and so once you get out of that it I think you can reprioritize and decide what's important to you and decide um yeah yeah what you want to have fun with <laughs> yeah sounds good to me final question I ask every guest to set us some homework based on the theme of the episode so in this case Laura yeah. what is a simple actionable thing that we can do to better our financial health and wellness that will help us on our quest to building a happier life? I would say, and it is something that I touched on a little bit earlier, and Mm -hmm. it's to conduct those regular check-ins because it eliminates the fear of the unknown. And that is huge when it comes to our sense of anxiety and worry about money. And I think if we can get to a point where you are checking in regularly, you know what the situation is and you can make actionable steps towards improving that situation Mm. and you know achieving the goals or debt payoff or savings or whatever it is that you want to achieve I think that really helps diffuse any what ifs or you know keeps you it, it kind of stops you from being awake at night worrying about what the real situation is when you know what it is (laughs) yeah yeah great advice laura thank you so much so for more on you your website is thriftylondoner.com and on instagram it's thriftylondoner yep that's right and we'll add you to the show notes as well this has been ace thank you so much for all the tips and thank you so much the reassurance as well you know it's nice to to feel like we're in it together because sometimes it feels very isolating so yeah absolutely absolutely thank you so much for having me 
thank you again to Laura Turner and thank you to you for making it through to the end of this episode of the Happier Life Project with me, Gabby Sanderson. If you are suffering with your mental health, there is a crisis button on the My Possible Self app, which will signpost you to the correct information for immediate expert advice. Those of you who are listening on one of the podcast platforms, if you want to download the My Possible Self app, it's completely free, so you don't need to worry about it costing you anything. Please subscribe and leave a review if you found this episode helpful and to find and follow us on social media if you're not already there. We are at My Possible Self and I've been at Radio Gabby. So please do take care and I'll see you on the next one. Bye for now.